It's WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. All right, so we won't lose any audience. I just want to mention that I will not be hosting the program today. It's Friday. That means John Brian will be doing it. And uh, I just want to verify that he's in the building. John, are you here? I am here. Thank you. You will hear him in a few moments. Time for our real estate question of the week. Bob Martin is on our live line. Bob is associated with uh, the Crossroads Real Estate Group here in Woonsocket at 329 Park Avenue. Are you there, Mr. Martin? I am, Mr. Bouchard. Always a pleasure having you on our microphones. Now, we have a question for you. Quote, unquote, we are looking to buy a house and have made multiple offers, usually above the asking price, and not had any of them accepted. Some, we have found out that they were sold around the price we're asking. We are very frustrated. Do you have any advice in how we can be more competitive and maybe just talk about this whole issue of uh, people trying to buy a house and being outbidded? Yeah, well, it's, um, you know, in my 38 years, it's the, the, the tightest inventory I've ever seen. Um, I was on a Zoom meeting with, uh, with Raya MLS uh, Tuesday. There is, there is statewide 1.2-month inventory. Um, a balanced market is six months. This is, it just continues to lower. People are reluctant to list their homes because they're concerned about not being able to find a home to replace it. So... Um, it, it, it's kind of a vicious circle, self, you know, self-serving. But um, <clears throat> what this gentleman's experience is, is, is everyone is experiencing it. Uh, you know, there are multiple offers on houses. A lot of the times they're over-asking. Uh, but what we're finding is, um, yes, price is a factor. However, um, conditions and, and stipulations have a big part to play in it. Um, one of the... Um, and so what we're finding is, as and what do I say stipulations? Um, somebody looking for a house that has a house to sell, they may as well not waste their time. Um, it, um, you know, it's, it, when you're presenting an offer to, to someone uh, and they say, oh, well, my house is, is not sold, it's on the market, uh, it's just not going to fly. So, you know, you're, you're rejected automatically. Uh, secondly, um, home inspections. And you'd have to be very careful here. So, you know, if, if someone is, is a carpenter or is in the trade and they say, you know what, the house is in great condition and it, I can fix anything, then we'll maybe suggest, and, but it's risky, to forego a home inspection. Don't make it subject to a home inspection. Um, making it subject to an appraisal is another one that comes in. When, if a house is listed for 300 and you're offering 340 and you're making it subject to house appraising, well, there's a fair chance that it won't appraise. So we're seeing things now where people are saying, look, I'm not making it subject to an appraisal. Um, I've got enough money to put down. I was putting 20% down. If it doesn't appraise, I'll put more money down. Um, so we're finding that the, 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 the highest buyer is not always the best buyer from a seller's perspective because they know that um, with, these, with stipulations it can fall apart. So lots of times, yes, they, they don't want to take up. They don't want to lose 40000 bucks to take a stronger buyer, but given that uh, you're all within the ballpark uh, price-wise, they're looking at conditions and saying, what's, what's the best uh, or what's the most certain way that, I, you know, that this is going to go through? Obviously, somebody with a large down payment is going to be preferable to someone that's got 5% down or 3.5% down. Because, you know, there's just no wiggle room. So what I would suggest uh, with this gentleman and, and family is, um, and, and they, you know, you, you don't want to put yourself behind an eight ball, too. I mean, if you've got someone buying with 5% down and they're buying an older home and they don't know which end of a hammer to hold and they have no resources if something goes wrong with the house and it's an old furnace, it's an old roof, old windows, you know, I would suggest to them don't buy the house. Uh, because if something happens, you haven't got the money to fix it. But somebody in a different position um, that says, you know, yeah, I've got some reserves and, you know, my dad's in the trade or what, for whatever reason, you know, I have no issues if something comes up. 
well, then you may want to, you know, uh, stretch it out. And and the other the other thing where you know we have to convey to people is um, we had one recently. Uh, the house was on for 360. The people offered 405. The offer got accepted. Um, but what we told them is, is this your forever home? Because if if you want to buy this. And in a couple of years, you think that you might be relocating with your company and whatnot. There's a, you know, a reasonable chance you're not going to get your money back. But they said, no, no, this is where we're going to raise our children. Uh, you know, we never, we don't know what the future is, but we don't see ourselves having to sell this house, you know, into the future, maybe at retirement time. Well, you know, then we tell them, you know, in, in 15 years from now, are you going to say, oh, gee, you know what? 15 years ago, I paid too much for the house. No. Um, what drives people today is, is monthly payments, and because rates are so so low, that that's their concern, and uh, they they don't seem to mind overpaying for the property if they know they're going to be there for some time, as long as that monthly payment is where they can afford. But it's a it's a very frustrating market, both for a for a buyer and a seller at some point. Um, the people that are really scoring are what we call the empty nesters. You know, you're selling a home and you're moving into an apartment or, or an elderly facility or you don't intend to buy another home. Similarly, if somebody has a home and they're buying another one, well, then, um, you know, everything moves laterally. You can't sell your home at a top dollar and expect to buy at a low price. So, um, but the, the people that really have to be careful of the, the new buyers, the first-time home buyers that come into the market, uh, because they, they need to know that, one, they can afford the payment, two, that, um, that they're going to be there for a while. And uh, But we're finding more and more yeah, the stipulations, subject to an appraisal, subject to a home inspection, subject to my selling my house. If it's subject to their selling their house, uh, what we tell people all the time is, put your house on the market, get a contract on it, get through the inspections with your buyers, Find a buyer that may be living in an apartment is willing to wait, and we make it subject to you finding another home. At least at that point, when you're making the offer, you're saying, my home is sold, and it'll close within 30 days. I've got people waiting. So it's almost as good as my having money in the bank. That goes a long way. But when a home is just for sale, or we're going to list it if you accept our offer, that's um, it, not going to happen. So it's, it's, it's a total waste of time. But um, So what I would say to this gentleman is, Evaluate every home because, you know, there are some homes you don't want to say, um, I'm going to waive inspections. There may be too, you know, there may be too many issues there. Um, but weigh your factors, see what your reserves are, and that maybe you need to play with, uh, with the stipulations on your offers. Thank you for giving us a background on multiple offers, Bob. Appreciate that. If you want to talk, okay. talk to Bob, you can at uh, 766-7545, extension 111. Thank you, Mr. Martin. Have a great weekend. You too, Raj. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bob Martin, Crossroads Real Estate Group. The Upfront program continues in 30 seconds with John Brian. Kayer Kosher, your accounting, financial planning, tax preparation, and business consulting services of Woonsocket and Warwick. 600 Cass Avenue, Woonsocket, Jefferson Boulevard, and Warwick. Call us locally at 766-8100. Remember, outside of the tax season, we do planning for business, individuals, and families. We're Kayer Kosher. We're certified public accountants. Again, our local number, 766-8100. And remember, having Kayer Kosher to consult with on your personal financial situation is like having all the right answers. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. And we are back to the panel on the Upfront show, and this is your host, John Brian, for the remainder of this program on this beautiful and dry Friday morning. The sun is out. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, as uh, Fred Rogers would say, and I'm so glad that you've decided to join us here on the Upfront Show. As I often say, the talk show is only as good as its callers, so give me a call at 766-1380-769-0600. We're going to have plenty to talk about in the next 45 minutes, and I definitely hope you will join me with your thoughts and your comments about some of the things that we're going to talk about. What I do want to start with, some local issues. You know, I like to do some local, do some state, and do some federal. 
Because the goal of this show, for me personally, is to get you to think, to get you to see things through a different lens, maybe to look at things like you may not have, maybe to consider things in a different light. And that'll get your brain fired up, and, and maybe it'll cause you to do some research, some other fact-finding, and, and the light bulb will go off, and I hope that it does. But locally, I do want to talk about some really good things. I want to talk about uh, a moment of thank you to everyone that came out and helped with the Rotary Club of Woonsocket clothing drive. We really appreciate the incredible support, the really seriously large amount of clothes that we received. It's all for an incredible project. Uh, the Just For You uh, Children's Clothing Closet to help underprivileged and foster children. This way here, they don't have to worry about the one thing that they can control, which is their appearance. This is a great project. It's a project that's been led by the incoming president of Rotary, Nicole Brian. And there's been such a great group of people helping out on this project. And I think it's going to be a project that's going to transform lives here in the city. And so the amount of clothing that we received really was overwhelming and so appreciated. And a special, very special shout out to Matthew Winnell of MN Laundromat, who literally, in such an incredible amount of turnaround time, like so fast, turned around, wash, dry, folded, bagged, delivered. They picked up what we, it was amazing. These guys are incredible at MN Laundromat on Willow Street. And if you have any laundry needs, I definitely, definitely recommend their services. They were fantastic, and uh, I don't think this project would be what it is right now without their help. Also, the uh, spaghetti dinner at the American Legion was an incredible success uh, a few Saturdays ago, and I wanted to follow up with that and say tonight, the April is the month of the military child, and it's coming to an end. But there's one more chance to show your purple support, and that's the Purple Up for Military Kid uh, program that they have been sponsoring and raising money for. And it's really a, a great cause, and, and it's very impressive what they've managed to do over at Post 85. So join Post 85, uh, American Legion Post 85 Auxiliary out on the pavilion this evening for the Purple Up Cookout. That's tonight. From 3.30 to 8, DJ from 5 to 7, there'll be raffles, there'll be 50-50, uh, hamburgers, hot dogs, and uh, just a good time. Just a great time to get to know some of the people at American Legion Post 85, get to know the, the members of the auxiliary. Nicola Fort is the president of the auxiliary. She was here a few weeks ago with me on this program, and, uh, and it really was a, a big success, and I hope tonight is a big success as well. So uh, I'm hoping that you'll visit the American Legion Post 85 this evening. It's one of my favorite places in the city. That's the good. I'd like to get to some of, some of the bad here in the city. Um, but before I do, I do want to say I noticed something in uh, the newspaper recently about John Chan. And John Chan is leaving... Uh, his role as the owner of Chan's. He's going to sell the business. He's retiring. Uh, much deserved retirement for John after all these years. But just a very quick uh, thought on, on, on my end about what that means for the city of Woonsocket. I think when people think of Chan's, they think of the Chinese restaurant. They think of, you know, it's a stalwart. It's, it's always been there. It's, it's been um, you know, next to the stadium. It served such a great role for the city as a gathering place uh, for so many different events and shows over the years. But what it means for Woonsocket is a loss. It's a loss in the entertainment community. John, as the originator of egg roll and jazz, is nationally known. And he has brought acts to the city of Woonsocket that we could never believe would come here. In fact, on the front page of the Woonsocket Call announcing uh, John's retirement, there's a picture of uh, John and uh, the jazz legend Dizzy Gillespie, and I am a jazz aficionado myself, uh, and the acts 
that John brought to the city of Woonsocket. These were artists that would never even know that the city of Woonsocket even existed. But they came here and they played a chance. And uh, John's put when John Chan put Woonsocket on the map for a number of reasons, and and I and I, I give him a great a great deal of thanks and 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 well wishes. It's sad to see him go and uh, to see someone who believed in bringing together people for in the name of in the name of music, good music, and some of the best. And, and most legendary acts and names in the world to Winsocket, Rhode Island, really is an achievement. And John is to be congratulated for that and, and will be missed. And it's, it's a loss. It's a loss for the city of Winsocket. Um, and it's a loss for people like me who, who truly love music and love what John offered here in the city. Uh, there, was another, uh, there was another gathering recently. Uh, and it was known as the Village vi- uh, Village Vigil, and that was on Saturday, April twenty fourth, in Market Square. And it said on the flyer to join us for a healing vigil, a healing vigil. Um, but there wasn't a lot of healing there. There was a lot of anger. There was a lot of uh, hatred. There was a lot of vitriol. And someone that you may be familiar with, former councilman Alex Kithis, came to the microphone. And the first thing Mr. Kithis said was, my name is Alex Kithis, and I'm effing angry. And he said it a few times. And that doesn't really bode well for the notion of healing. It didn't seem like there'd be a whole lot of healing going on there. It seemed to be a lot of hate from the progressive left about this idea of racism and police brutality and all these constructs that we're constantly told exists. It really is amazing. And we're going to get into that on a national level and talking about how um, I, in my opinion, uh, the progressive, the far left progressives are without question the ones that have the most hatred and the most racism that see along color lines more than anyone else. The idea that Dr. King once said that someone be judged on the quality of their character and not the color of their skin seems to be gone in that ideology, that everything is, is, is judged by the color of your skin. If you're white, you're bad, and that's it. And if you're a white cop, you're automatically bad. Well, let me tell you something. That's wrong. You know, this Tuesday I had the opportunity to take some time in my yard and do my annual planting of the grass, which will eventually die by, Gen- by June or July. But I do it anyway. And I was uh, fortunate that a couple of patrol officers, Matt Richardson and Joseph uh, Wazalewski, and if I said that wrong, I apologize. They were on uh, uh, mountain bikes, and they came by, and they were patrolling the neighborhood, and they were doing a community policing. And they came by, and they talked for a while, and they talked to some neighbors of mine on the opposite block. And then I saw them speaking to some people in their yard down the street. And they were, you know, we have a great police department here in the city of Woonsocket. We really do. We have great officers in this city. We have a rank-and-file group of officers in this city that do an incredible job, a hard job, in what can be a tough city sometimes. And to have this idea that they are just out there brutalizing people, as it was said at this, as it was said at this, this healing vigil, claiming that racism and police brutality against communities of color and our low-income neighbors happens every single day is nonsense. Councilman Knoyer has a agenda item coming up on Monday's uh, city council meeting. And it's to address public remarks delivered by community activist Alex Kithis. And he said at the healing vigil... 
Here in Woonsocket, you see so-called leaders creating and maintaining systems of violence and oppression that result in death after death after death. This is insanity. That's what that is. That's insanity. And that is not healing. And certainly, there was addition by subtraction by not having that individual on the city council any longer. But it doesn't stop there on the state level. There are now in our General Assembly a number of people that think like that. That every day are making decisions that are negatively impacting your life. And that's a problem. So there wasn't much healing going on at that vigil. Quite the opposite. And finally, before we go to break, I noticed that there was a article here that said council and mayor spar over federal aid. And there's approximately about $40 million coming into the city from the COVID aid, the so-called American Rescue Plan Act. The city council, to its credit, has decided to pass legislation that would basically create a, recip or a restricted receipt account where the money has to go in to that account and then the use of those funds would be approved by the council and what would ordinarily be the oversight and the job of the legislature because the legislature controls the funds in the city. That is the way it works. Well, there's been some pushback by the administration, particularly by the mayor. The mayor indicated that she believes the administration will have unfettered authority to disperse the funds. These are federal funds. It does not fall under the purview of the city council, says the mayor in this article. I guess my question is, why would anyone fight oversight and working together with the city council collaboratively to make sure that the funds are being utilized in the best interest of you, the people of Woonsocket? Councilman Ward said it's it's a participation in the planning for the use of the funds. It is also a very public discussion about the choices and components and ultimately the distribution of the funds for the various purposes allowed. He's right. The city council should have every bit of involvement in this. There's no reason why they shouldn't. And if you're wondering why there would be pushback as to the oversight and working with the city council in the use of these funds, well, then you're asking yourself the right question because I certainly don't have the answer. But I can tell you sunlight is the best disinfectant and often City Hall has been a very, very dark place. When we return on the other side of this break, we're going to talk about uh, some mainstream media bias and we're going to talk about the president and some of his comments lately. And some of the things that are going on in this nation that I think are pretty upsetting. So uh, we will be right back on the Upfront Show on 1380 WNRI, 1380 AM and 99.FM WNRI. Wright's Dairy Farm and Bakery announces we are open daily, operating with curbside pickup at this time. Visit us any day of the week for your favorite local products, including milk, cream, assorted pastries, ice cream, cakes, and more. There are three ways to order. Number one, to view our current menu and place an online order or view our frequently asked questions, go to rightsdairyfarm.com. Or number two, call the farm at 401-767-3014 extension 2 to place your order, pay by credit card, and select a pickup day and time. Three, on site. Order from your car with your smartphone or with a sales associate, then wait in your vehicle while our team fills your order. Please be prepared for longer waits on the weekends. So stay safe while we work through these unusual times. Please visit our website, rightsdairyfarm.com, for all the latest information. The Roast House is open seven days a week and they're featuring inside dining and, of course, takeout. To make a reservation to dine in or place an order at the Roast House, call 508-883-7700 and check out the menu online at theroasthouse.com. Thank you for your support during this period of transition. The Roast House, Crown Street and Blackstone, we welcome back old and new customers for inside dining and takeout.
The spring real estate market is booming. If you're interested in selling your house, call Marge Jacob now, a broker with Remax Town & Country. With 47 years experience in real estate, Marge understands real estate laws. As a lifelong resident of Woonsocket, Marge knows the area. Since 1973, Marge has worked hard for her clients and continues to do so today. And when you, when you call Marge, she always returns your call promptly. Want to sell your house? Well, strike while the iron is hot. Call Marge Jacob of Remax Town & Country today at 529-0831. 529-0831. Marge Jacob, broker, 47 years experience, and always there for you. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. And we are back to this illustrious panel of one. John Brand here on the Upfront Show. Give me a call, 766-1380-769-0600. And we do have a caller on the line. Good morning and welcome to the Upfront Show. Good morning. I'm going to try to uh, only use two minutes of time. There was huge news today, and I'm, I want to make sure that all of uh, your listening audience is aware of it. This morning, um, uh, Warren Wilhelm announced, and in case you don't know who that is, which I'm sure you do, but a lot of people don't, that's Bill de Blasio. Um, I spell it B-L-A-H-S-I-O, has said that he's going to totally open up New York. And, oh, gee, it never fails. Anytime I get on this phone. Oh, oh, okay, okay. They, oh, look at my, oh. We're not, keep, we're not, keep, we're not nice. keeping you here on the Upfront show, are we? I mean, if, if you Yes, you are. <laughs> so, and, and, um, and, and, so New York is totally opening up. Disneyland is totally opening up. Uh, New York um, is going to open up. Gee, I wonder why. And yet that putz in the White House is trying to take credit for vaccines that he and his sidekick putz, uh, Kamala or Kamala, whatever, said they, I wouldn't take the Trump vaccine. <laughs> I have nothing but contempt for those people. And we can see now that this was a sham because, as I've said in the last few days, and I, not, I'm not the only one with eyes, you can't lock down the country and then let thousands of people across the border. Unfortunately, those people unvaccinated, get- unvaccinated, untested people that are set loose into southern border towns. And not only that, John, not only that, what about the, the unaccompanied minors, the uh, drug people, the um, and, you know, tr- Trump was so criticized because he said that. They were bad people coming across the border. So they said that he was anti-Latino. These people... Oh, I'm, they said, uh, it, they it, said children in cages. How many times did you hear yeah, the phrase yeah, children? Yeah, literally, yeah. they said it. And they used this, this phrase. Children literally being ripped away from the arms of their yeah. mothers when Trump was... But listen, there is it a was, double standard that exists like oh. no other. And all the time it was Obama who had built the cages. But I'm, this is four minutes now. I have to get off the phone. All right, phone. we'll stay tuned. But that we, we, was the point I wanted to make. Thank, thank you so you, much. Bye. And you'll like some of the stuff we're going to talk about right now. Bye. Always a great call. Very informed. And it's funny what she's saying about things opening up. And I wanted to mention about things opening up, but I also wanted to talk masks with you for a minute because I wanted to know, I really want to know what you think about masks and whether or not you're all set because I know that I am. The other day, President Biden, who's fully vaccinated, is on a Zoom call with other leaders talking about the environment. It was a a summit with multiple nations. And Joe Biden is on a Zoom call wearing a mask with no American flag behind him. He's the only 
leader, and he's actually, the president of the United States is considered the leader of the free world. There's no American flag in back of him, but every other leader from every other country has their nation's flag in back of them, and they're not wearing a mask. And our guy is wearing a mask on a Zoom call with no flag in back of him. Then fast forward a couple of days later, fully vaccinated president is walking outside all alone to the microphone wearing a mask. Then he comes over to the mic and he lets Americans know that beginning today, beginning today, you can now picnic in a park outdoors without a mask as long as you're vaccinated. Ladies and gentlemen, whoever's listening to this broadcast, in my hand I'm holding my personal and my favorite pocket copy of the United States Constitution. And I've read it cover to cover, front to back. And nowhere in the United States Constitution does it say that I don't have the right to go outside without a mask if I'm not vaccinated. I know that I have the right to life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. So when the president says that beginning today I can picnic outside as long as I ha- without a mask, as long as I have a vaccine, I can tell you this. My right to picnic outside without a mask doesn't come from the president of the United States. It comes from the United States Constitution. And I have a lot, of, a lot more liberties than just picnicking outside without a mask. You know, this idea of getting a vaccine but not acting like you're vaccinated, this idea of a pandemic that literally has a PR campaign. I was watching the NFL draft last night, and you see Rhode Island Department of Health doing this ad with people wearing masks. And if you listen to this radio station, and I listen to a lot of sports radio on a station out of Boston, and all the stations have these campaigns about what you can do. Make sure you wear your mask. You know, stay socially distant. Stay away from crowds. Don't be with your friends. Get the vaccine. What pandemic needs a PR campaign? Seriously. Have you ever seen the movie Contagion? Watch it. Watch the movie Contagion. It's got Matt Damon. It's got Gwyneth Paltrow. Great movie. It'll scare the bejesus out of you. But if life was like the movie Contagion right now, we wouldn't need a PR campaign for a so-called pandemic. It's very simple. They don't want to take their masks off. Because they don't want things to return to normal ever. I know it's true and you know it's true. We're just not supposed to say it. When you see an address to Congress the other night by the president. And it's a room full of senators and and, and Congress people. They've all been vaccinated. They're all more than six feet apart and they're all wearing masks. The question is why? What's the point of getting vaccinated? If you get vaccinated, be vaccinated and act like you're vaccinated. It's about time people just decide that their kids, which are the least at risk, shouldn't be having to wear masks. People shouldn't have to wear masks outdoors. Athletes that are competing outside shouldn't be asked to wear masks. It's ridiculous. And I've had just about enough. Good morning and welcome to the Upfront Show. Good morning, and I wanted to tell you, I know you said about tonight at the American Legion, but we also have raffles, basket raffles, and we're doing a 50-50 and all of that. So I'm glad you announced it, and thank you, and keep up your work, and I can't stand my math. Well, thank you very much. I think I I think that you, like the rest of us, uh, definitely are all set. And I think, you know, we are at a state now. We, We started with this with this with this problem. Right. And we had everyone wanted to get a vaccine. Well, not everyone, but many people wanted to get a vaccine. But there was not enough vaccination to go around. It has been flipped. Now there's more vaccine than there are people that want it. And we're going to get to a point 
where it's just time to get back. But you know what? They don't want to go back because having to go back means giving up some control. And that's the part that they definitely don't want. Thank you so much for the call. Exactly. You're welcome. Good morning and welcome to the Upfront Show. You are a great American. Why, thank you. Is this, you are a good patriot. What, what, what can I do for you today? Well, you just pressed a button that I want to get uh, cleared up. You know, many businesses in the Woonsocket around the state and around the country have succumbed to an illegal enforcement of this barricade of my face. I don't like wearing a face diaper. And you want to know something? There are any, anybody who actually enforces this in a business or anywhere else is violating five U.S. constitutional laws, 17 in Rhode Island, the ADA, and the Civil Rights Act of 1964. You know, John, I, I got to tell you, I, I agree, but the, the, the counter argument to that, and you know what I just said, I'm not making an argument for mass, but you've got businesses that have struggled to survive. And the Department of Health in Rhode Island has been so oppressive and in coming into businesses and basically threatening to shut you down. And businesses have been, have been willing to do whatever it takes to stay open because they don't want to die on the vine. So they're basically saints of circumstance in all of this and having to comply because if they don't, they're afraid of losing what little they already have. We need, and that's true, John and I have experienced that myself. But what we really need to do to combat that is to come together as sensible people and stop this Gestapo mentality. I don't disagree, and I would love it if our General Assembly could actually do something here and stand up. And, you know, the legislature has more power in this state than the governor. That's the way that the Constitution of Rhode Island is written. If the legislature has stood up against these executive orders and done something, whether it be these oppressive business regulations, whether it be the ridiculousness of these universal mail ballot applications, the legislature could have done something to stop it. And our neighbor Brian Newberry in North Smithfield, the former minority leader, made this case over and over and over again. But the legislature stood and did nothing, sat on its hands, and we were forced to deal with this oppression. And I just think that yeah. we can have common sense safeguards. But you know what? They've been making this up as they go along. That's because they're cowards. Well, I and just, people like Brian Newberry and, and, uh, um, and those are, are probably the vast minority of clear-thinking people who are just outnumbered by those who want bigger government. Well, I can't disagree, and I want to say thank you for the call this morning. All right, bud. Keep up the good work. Bye-bye. You know, I agree with John. I, it, it really, you know, we are at the point now where we're being asked to get vaccinated, but no one wants to act like they're vaccinated, and it's time, because what's the point? Operation Warp Speed, put the vaccines out there and ready to use so that we could Go back to life as we know it. So let's go back to life as we know it. When we come back, I want to talk about the presidential address the other night. And a few other quick hit items here on the Upfront Radio Show on 1380 AM and 99.FM WNRI. Time out for Champs Liquors for Keyway. 481 Clinton Street, Woonsocket. Champs reintroduces flip-flop wines. And listen to this. We have two bottles of flip-flop for $10, including Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Pink Moscato, Regular Moscato, Chardonnay, and Pinot Grigio. Again, two bottles for $10. Mix and match. Still on sale. Tisdale Wines from California in six varieties, including Pinot Grigio, Merlot, Cabernet, White Zinfandel, Chardonnay, and Moscato choices. And yes, it's two bottles for $10. Share in life's endless possibilities with Tisdale Vineyard's quality wine experiences. And we continue the best price in town on Bud and Bud Light 30-pack 
2647 plus tax. New hours for the convenience of customers 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily. So, for a great selection of beer, wine, and spirits, you can count on Champs Liquors. 481 Clinton Street. Have a question? 765-1800 and speak to Mike the Manager. Interiors by Glow is not your ordinary interior decorating store. She offers handmade scented candles, stylish modern home decor accents, artists' creations, handcrafted art pieces from India, Morocco, and Nepal, and tableau decorative grills. It's a new concept in decorating living spaces. Want to freshen up your outdoor living spaces? Want more privacy, but fence is not an option? Glow can customize your outdoor living spaces to make them more functional, stylish, and comfortable. Featuring an indoor-outdoor fabric line from Italy, guaranteed not to fade for up to eight years, and is mold and mildew-resistant and soil-repelling. Tableau Decorative Grills offer privacy, come in several designs, and can be customized for any shape and size. Glow's 100% natural scented candles include citronella, fresh flowers, fruits, nature, and clean, fresh scents of spring. Visit Interiors by Glow, 275 Social Street, Woonsocket today, and tell her you heard the ad on WNRI. She's at the store on Thursdays and Fridays, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., Saturday and Sunday, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., or by appointment. Call her at 766-0106, or visit her Facebook page or online at interiorsbyglow.com. There's a church nearby where members are kind and friendly. May we invite you to attend services at the Cumberland Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Call 658-2748 for information on seeing us online. It's the church where you can hear the gospel, believe in Christ, repent, confess, and be baptized. Join us this week for our prayer and Bible study, Wednesday at 7 p.m. and Sunday services at 1 p.m. Our sermons are understandable to grow you in faith and available online. Again, we are the Cumberland Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, inviting you on your journey of salvation. Services conducted by Pastor Marcus Warren. Bible study and services now available on Zoom only at the Cumberland Church of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. And we're back with the panel, and let's get right back to it. I wanted to talk to you about what I will talk to you as long as I am able, which is mainstream media bias. And you need to know that the mainstream media it really holds the most double standard uh, than, that you will ever, ever, ever be able to comprehend. For instance, just this week, the Washington Post announced, now the Washington Post, by the way, is owned by Amazon owner Jeff Bezos, uh, a huge hater of President Trump and of conservatism and Republicans. The Washington Post has just announced that it will no longer keep a presidential fact-checking database under President Biden. All they did during President Trump's presidency was fact check him on everything. Everything he said, everything he did, everywhere he went. There was a fact check during his administration on everything. And then once the Washington Post said it, CNN said it, and MSNBC said it, and every other network Every other paper, every paper that covers or, or uses Washington Post material printed it. Now that Trump is no longer president, they're not going to keep that fact-checking database anymore. No more are they going to fact-check the president of the United States. Seems rather convenient. That should disturb you. Secondarily, in an incredibly sweet moment... Uh, the president and his wife were walking uh, yesterday, and, and, and the president reached down, and it was reported that the president gave uh, a flower, a fresh flower to the first lady. The president reached down and gave the first lady a dandelion. You know, the white puffy kind that used to blow the things off when you were a kid? And that was like such a sweet moment that was pointed out by the press. If President Trump had done that to the First Lady when he was president, they would have said, he's too dumb to know it's a dandelion. What a joker. 
Do you see? It's a total double standard and always will be. Good morning and welcome to the Upfront Show. Rather frightening, isn't it, John? Very frightening. I mean, you know, it's there's just so much that is changing so fast. And as far as the uh, masks go, I really feel like how are we ever going to know whether we don't need them if we don't start at some point being able to go out and wear them and uh, not wear them. So, uh, you know, this is just a mess all the way around. But I will tell you this. Right now, I am in very much in favor of wearing masks. And would you like to know why on a lighter note? Sure. Because I broke my front tooth. <laughs> and, and I have a schedule that I can't even see the white paper with all that I have to do between the television, between all of these things that I'm involved in for this week. It's sinful how, how much I have that I have to do. And... I actually will be able to do a good portion of it because I have to wear a mask because I wouldn't go anywhere with my front tooth broken. Well, you make a great point. And, and, and the thing is, is that I agree. Now, I'm not saying that we need to outlaw masks. What I'm saying is, is that it's time to make them optional. The reality is, we shouldn't have to wear masks outside. It's simple. This, it, you're not going to get COVID outside, right? So, inside... If you want to wear a mask, please wear a mask. If you want to wear a mask outside, please wear a mask. I think we should get to the point now where masks are optional. If you want to wear them, fantastic. And I have no problems with that. And Linda, you gave a great reason why we should be covering our faces because there's a situation you're dealing with, right? Yeah, well, let me tell you what. I did a FaceTime with my, my grandson and he said, oh, that is really funny. She's playing Halloween. <laughs> right. And so that's a great you reason. Know? But the point is is that this is where I'm at with, with all of this. Oh, I if, know. It's, 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 it's awful. It really is awful. If and you I want think to wear a mask, wear one. Yeah. If you don't, yeah. don't. If you want to get the shot, get the shot. If you don't, don't. I mean, this is really where we're at. We have we have liberty here in the United States, and we shouldn't be forced into anything. Like I said earlier in the show, if this was a situation like the movie Contagion, it would. Oh, even, that is a scary thing to watch. I'll it tell you even because be a question. too much reality in a little bit of that. Absolutely, and I, I thank you for the call. I'm really grateful that that you gave a great reason why. You should be wearing a mask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there's no doubt about that. But you know what? As soon as, um, uh, and, and I didn't tell you the best part, my dentist is on vacation until the 7th of, of, of this coming month. So, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. this is not a good thing. I may have a mask, me, that was so happy to get it off. I, you know, if I go into a public place, you bet I wear it. But the minute I come out, I take it off in the car, and and um, it, it just feels like a freedom that um, you can't do without. In any way, I don't think it's healthy. I wonder how healthy it is for people to be breathing in the air that is going right back into your face and your mouth. Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. You know, if, if we don't need the two holes in our nose if we're going to wear a mask. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's just crazy stuff, but... Um, it will, and I, and I also, the thing that really does bother me, John, is, is this an exercise to see how much they can pu push us yes. to do what they want us to do? Absolutely. That really bothers me, um, because the other side, I say, well, how are we going to know if we go out whether this is a good thing or a bad thing if we're believing everything they're saying? Because I, this can go on indefinitely. I agree with you, Linda. Thank you. Goodbye. So Have a nice day. You know, Texas and Florida right now have no restrictions at all. In fact, they put on a UFC event the other night in Jacksonville. Sold out. Packed stadium. You want to wear a mask, wear a mask. You don't want to wear a mask, no mask. It's up to you. It's become the free state of Florida. No wonder why everyone's flocking there. Hey, the other night, real quick, the president stated in his address... Uh, started right at the beginning that January 6th was the worst attack. January 6th of this year was the worst attack 
on our democracy since the Civil War. And I have a real problem with that statement. Sure, that's, it's, it's the worst attack. Worse than 9-11, worse than Pearl Harbor, worse than the Oklahoma City bombing, worse than the Boston Marathon bombing, worse than the Lebanon Marine Barrack attacks. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. The 9-11 terrorists killed 3,000 Americans and were planning to fly a plane into the Capitol. On January 6th, the rioters didn't fire a single shot or kill anyone. And by the way, in case you heard that the Capitol Police officer was killed with a fire extinguisher, that was a mainstream media lie. That didn't happen. So I think that's so insulting to all the police and the fire and the innocent souls and everyone else. The pilots and the stewardesses and the passengers and everybody that died on 9-11 to say that January 6th was the worst. Did you know that in November 7th, 1983, a far left group named the Resistance Conspiracy set off a bomb in the Senate building in the Capitol? It tore through the second floor of the Capitol's north wing. The adjacent, when the adjacent halls were deserted, the force of the, the device hidden under a bench at the eastern end of the corridor blew the door off of the Democratic leader's office. It punched a potentially lethal hole in a wall partition, sending a shower of pulverized brick, plaster, and glass into the Republican cloakroom. That seems like a pretty bad attack. You know what's sad? We always have too many things to talk about and not enough time. I wanted to talk about... Senator Tim Scott's speech in which he said America is not a racist country. And guess what they called him for saying America is not racist? A black senator from South Carolina. They called him Uncle Tim. You know, folks, the people that are the most racist are the ones that say everybody else are the most racist. So just pay attention to that. I want to say thank you for listening today. I want to say thank you for tuning in, for calling. I hope you have a great weekend. Beautiful weather. Enjoy yourself, your family, your friends, and everything else. God bless. Thanks for being here. This has been WNRI's Upfront, presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380 WNRI Woonsocket.